welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host Brian Bosard, as always, with my co-host Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 91 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 38 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. And perhaps, Shane, more importantly, we're six days away from the first Senior Bowl practice. That's right. You'll be repping us there at the Senior Bowl uh, in, in your hometown of Mobile, Alabama. And so I'm looking forward to that. All-star games have been, uh, practices have been going on. Some of the smaller ones uh, happening now and, and into next week. So it, it's kind of a, a big time coming up here for the NFL draft and feels like after these playoff games this upcoming weekend, it's like full draft season. Yeah. And when we're, I mean, DraftCountdown.com the last two days, Shane. We have told you everything and anything you need to know about all of the skill position players. Uh, you had the quarterbacks, running backs, and the specialists. I had the wide receivers and tight ends. Tomorrow we're going to finish up the uh, the offensive line. I'll have the tackles. You'll have the uh, interior guys. And then uh, on Friday you get the uh, defensive line and linebackers. And, and then uh, Saturday the DBs to wrap it up. And then everything by then everybody should know everything they need to know about these players, Shane. Yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're writing up every player. So if there's any, anyone that pops up even during the week or buzz starts happening, uh, those are articles to go back to check out, you know, okay. Who's this guy? Who's this person? Where are they from? What, what, you know, what do they do? I, I, uh, I know on my end, I kind of predicted if, if I thought the week would go well for them and stock would go up or not. Um, so I'm interested to see if, how accurate I, I was and how these go. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I know there was a uh, a couple of guys I wrote in as a, I'm completely honest with folks. You'll know when I know on some of these guys, because there's a few guys there that I haven't watched at all, especially when I get to the corners, like uh, the uh, kid from Fayetteville State, Joshua Williams, and uh, Gregory Jr. from Wakita Baptist. I haven't watched a single down of these guys. I know you, you're, you're a Gregory Jr. guy. Uh, but I haven't, I haven't gotten around to him yet, so we'll see. Uh, Shane, uh, we got through the divisional round of the playoffs, and before we get to the updated draft order, was that one of the best weekends of NFL football you've ever seen, Shane? It, it, I think it was the best weekend of playoff football I've ever seen, I'll say that, which makes it has to make it up there. I mean, all, all four games were excellent, came down to the wire. Uh, what a way to cap it off with the Bills Chiefs, so it was, it was awesome. Yeah, um, started out with the Cincinnati Bengals continuing their run to the Still AFC going. Championship game with a 19-16 uh, win over the Tennessee Titans. They'll be playing at Kansas City on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Um, in the NFC, you'll get the rematch of Week 17 between the Rams and 49ers in that game. Uh, so, yeah, Rams looking to make it back-to-back teams hosting the Super Bowl in their home stadium. We'll see. 49ers already beat them twice this year. So, um, and then, I, you know, I released my seven round mock draft this past Monday. They kept messing it up because all the underdogs kept winning. <laughs> I had it done with all the favorites in the right draft order. I had to switch it all around. So, but it was, uh, it was worth it for that weekend of football. So with that being said, there, there were four losers in those games and those, uh, those teams are now know their draft spot. The Buffalo Bills will be picking 25th in the upcoming uh, NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans, 26th. Tampa Bay will hold down the 27th spot, and the Green Bay Packers will uh, hold down the uh, 28th 
position. Uh, Shana, before we bring in Joe Bellick here, as we're, we're waiting on him to join from Turn on the Jets, um, there was some Senior Bowl uh, notes that came out this week with uh, some some withdrawals that uh, I I I, uh, I broke the news. You broke the news. That, broke the news on that yesterday. Um, they released some rosters to at a media luncheon and. Um, they got kind of so I combed through them and noticed some notable names missing from those rosters. And uh, probably the top of that list was Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah, would have been probably one of the higher drafted players, I think, from this year's game. Uh, Pitts, Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson, uh, one of the, if not the top wide receiver that was in uh, coming to this game one of the top two or three at least. Uh, he's out. Uh, Iowa State linebacker Mike Rose also missing, and Michigan running back Hassan Haskins. Um, we we have determined that Kyron Johnson, the Kansas linebacker, replacing either Rose or Lloyd, and uh, Sterling Weatherford, the Miami Ohio safety, is going to play linebacker uh, during the week at the Senior Bowl. We'll be replacing the other one. And Tyler Beatty, the uh, running back from Missouri, replacing Haskins. Uh, they, to this point, have not replaced Jahan Dotson that we are aware of. This comes on the cusp of them four other players that had previously been replaced that we hadn't talked about, or we have, but just to refresh everybody's mind, Marcus Jones, corner from Houston. Brian Cook, safety from Cincinnati, who I learned today had a minor surgery procedure while he's out. Jeremiah Jimmel, the uh, linebacker from North Carolina, and Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State, previously known to be out of the game. And it's always disappointing when guys drop out because, you know, the Senior Bowl is kind of this time where um, – it, it kind of this time where guys generally have their stock increase. You know, there's very few that we come out of the week saying, oh, I think they hurt themselves, right? There might be a couple, but generally, you know, you're at least going to stand pat or help yourself. So, yeah, someone like Jahan Dawson, yeah, he was the best receiver there, but he's competing with underclassmen receivers. So you might have gotten a shot to, to show yourself and be up and pass a, a Jameson Williams or, you know, someone like that. So, um, th yeah, that, that's that's really interesting to me. Uh, you know, injuries are always evolved. There's a lot of wear and tear this season. Um, so I definitely understand it from that perspective. If, you know, some players felt like they weren't hundred percent and couldn't show their best, but uh, you know, it sucks for us. Right. Uh, also of note, uh, Jim Nagy tweeted out that uh, Washington tight end Cade Otten was invited, but uh, had a season ending injury that took him out of the running for the senior bowl. So uh, Otten will not be, Um, will not be coming to the game. Um, there was four players that outright declined. We've talked about three of them before. Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan, top five pick. Didn't need – he's fine. Jordan Davis, uh, interior defensive lineman from Georgia, probably going to be okay. And Chris Olave, wide receiver from Ohio State. While I would love to have seen him come and separate himself from the other receivers, not unlike what you said with Jahan Dotson, I get it with him too. Speeds his game, you know that. So, whatever. Uh, but the one that came out this week that I hadn't heard, 
and it was uh, Jim Nagy was on Jeff Risden's uh, Detroit Lions podcast I listened to earlier in the week. Thayer Munford, uh, the office tackle guard from Ohio State, declined the game. I don't know about that, Shane. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm wearing my Buckeye shirt. I got Brutus behind me. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think Thayer Munford is in contention to be a first-round pick. You know, maybe he would have before this season. But kicking inside the guard, had a couple bad games. Um, end up, you know, moving back to to tackle to play at, at the end there. But I, I don't know. Like, he's probably a day two pick. I think it could have helped differentiate himself. I think there are players on this roster on the offensive line that he's competing with and he's not going to be there. Um, so, yeah, it, I just I don't understand an outright decline by him. Um, when, you know, when you're competing with like Abraham Lucas from Washington state and, you know, guys like Bernard Raymond from central Michigan, Trevor Penning, like I, I would put most of those guys ahead of him. So that, that is a little bit baffling to me. Munford's actually moved outside of my top 10 tackles at this point. Uh, I don't know if I'll have him in my top 100 when it's all said and done. Maybe, really? wow. maybe not. We'll see. Wow. Yeah. Um, he really could have used this week. I think um, a couple other notes, uh, Tennessee cornerback, Alante Taylor. I think we're both fans of him. Uh, he's going to play some safety uh, during senior bowl week. And I think we had made mention of that before that we're going to see, uh, because they only have three safeties a piece on the roster that we were going to see some of these corners cross training at safety. That's the first one I've heard out, out name by name. That's going to do it. Um, and I think that's a good deal for Elante Taylor. I think, you know, he could be at, uh, could be an in, a good inside free safety uh, type corner. So I think that's a good move. And also it was noted, we've been talking a lot about who's going to snap the ball during practice. Uh, as of right now, we only knew of two guys, uh, only one true center, Luke Fortner from Kentucky was added. And what we knew Dylan Parham from, uh, Memphis was going to play center this week, uh, but we learned today on uh, on Dane, from Dane Brugler's uh, podcast on the Athletic, where he had Jim Nagy on, that said um, Central Michigan offensive tackle uh, Gadike is going to uh, play all three positions during the week. He's going to play tackle, he's going to play guard, he's going to play center. So that guy's definitely trying to show off his versatility uh, during practice and in those one on ones that he can do it all, make himself a little money. It's great. I think it was a big question um, as we, you know, we're doing these write-ups. Some of those positions, center was a big one. There's only one true center on the roster, um, but even safety is a little bit thin with them moving Sterling Weatherford. Look like he's going to play mostly linebacker. Uh, to have Alante Taylor, maybe JoJo Doman from Nebraska, the linebacker might even play some safety in some of these practices. So uh, it, it's good to hear. Honestly, that's one of the most exciting parts of the Senior Bowl to me is watching guys practice and play out of position because there's no film. How am I supposed to know? You know, I love when uh, a Braxton Miller comes in as playing receiver, you know, something like that. Like it's, it's a lot of fun. So, so offensive line, man, this offensive line group is so versatile that um, I, I think you're going to gleam a lot, especially with you being down there, Brian, getting to see them play those different positions. I was just about to say, Shane, you can almost guarantee that in, in all my um, nightly practice reports and also, for everybody tuning in, next week our podcast schedule is going to be wild. Uh, 
every night, Tuesday through Friday, we're going to have a podcast. We'll have our normal one with Shane on Wednesday at least. Shane may join me on some of the other nights as well. I'm going to try to line up some other guests. Well, or I may just ramble solo. I don't know yet. We haven't uh, we haven't really figured all that out yet. But we will have a podcast uh, almost every night next week. So, and you will, and I will talk uh, about those odd position changes or whatever. Like if we've got tight ends playing running back or whatever. You know, you're going to hear all about that sort of thing uh next week one last senior bowl note we'll get to shane uh zaquandre white my guy south carolina gamecocks baby uh gets brought in from the shrine game uh he'll be playing on the lions the american team uh which has and i love the versatility of zaquandre right i love him as a blocker i think he's a three down back not maybe a starter but i mean he's like i think he's going to go in that fourth fifth round area and is going to be a very value-wise uh, special teams guy for sure. Um, but he was a spark plug for South Carolina down the stretch that they uh, really needed uh, when they needed it. And uh, I, I look forward to seeing him down there. But the speculation is he's being brought in for that team. That tells us one of the other running backs is probably not going to play. Purely speculation here. I have no evidence at all i'm a stadium i have no evidence at all to back this up i think brian robinson jr from alabama's probably was ding he was dinged up towards the end of the season i think he's probably going to just come down here he's still listed on the roster so that's why i say i think he's going to come down here do interviews weigh in go through the motions of practice but i think it like not unlike Najee harris last year i don't think he's going to have many reps in him at practice yeah, and Robinson not nearly on that level of Nasha Harris. I think I thought he needs this week. I have put in my report. I, I didn't think it was going to be particularly kind to him, even with uh, his lack of, of speed and agility. But Sawanji so Wright, um, uh, White, a big opportunity for him. I, I think it's great because this could really bolster him. Um, he was a, a JUCO uh, guy, if I'm not mistaken, that transferred into South Carolina. So I, I think he's going to have a good week. I think it's especially Playing back linebacker. On, yeah, uh, yeah which, is, which is crazy. And that yeah, back on backers drill, I mean, he, I think he's going to bring it. So I'm excited. All right. Well, we got a special guest for all of our Jets fans watching for the first time tonight. And uh, that uh, all of you who have hit me in your mentions over the last few days after I broke all the news of the Jets, uh, the players that were on the Jets roster backing out of the Senior Bowl. Uh, we bring in the co-host of the or the host of the draft season podcast and a writer for Turn on the Jets. Joe Bellick, is that am I, is that yeah, right? Joe Bellick. What's Bellick. going on? Hey, all right. <laughs> you, did, you did well. You did well, Brian. Appreciate it. What's up, Shane, man? Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, Joe. Good to talk to you again, man. Thanks Absolutely. for coming on. You know, we've been exchanging some draft takes for the last couple of seasons, and I really <laughs> appreciate it. Well, mostly me asking you questions and you kind of like turning me into a, a bit of a better evaluator. So I just want to thank you for that. And just really happy to be on here with you guys talking a little Jets football. I think otherwise yeah. maybe you guys wouldn't care too much about the Jets, but we are at the senior bowl. So I think maybe a little bit more interest, you know, going on with the team right now. We strive to be fair and balanced here, Joe. That is our, maybe not our official motto like some other <laughs> news stations. Not quite. But we did, in the interest of fairness, we did have uh, Jeff Risden of Lions Wire on a few weeks ago to talk about there. So we had, I said, hey, Shane, we got to get, we got to get some Jets on here before the senior bowl. And he's like, I know a guy. So, Joe, that's what we bring you here. And I guess my first question, well, before we'll, we're going to deep dive into the Senior Bowl here in the next few minutes, but 
Last year, you guys had the number two overall pick, Zach Wilson, quarterback of BYU. Okay. How, how, how do we feel after 17 games? Well, I don't know how much Jets fans listening are going to appreciate this who don't know me, but I wasn't a huge Zach Wilson fan in the pre-draft process. I just want to get that out there. Um, I thought he had a lot of growing to do, especially with his decision-making and just the way he attacked the middle of the field. And I feel like that's pretty much what you saw this year as well. Somebody who was kind of struggling with his decision-making, struggling with, you know, peppering the middle of the field where all the sharks and the tigers live. And I, I feel like he is more of this outside thrower. And that's where you saw him kind of excel, especially in that Tennessee Titans game. But I do feel like there has been some good moments and, and I have to be completely honest, you know, if there was, um, if there is a moment where I feel like he really, for me personally, where I was like, you know what, we might have something here. It was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where he came in. He was a lot more decisive. He was more comfortable in the pocket. He was more comfortable even pre-snap communicating with the rest of the team. And he did exactly what I was looking for. He peppered the middle of the field. He looked confident. He was making better decisions. And after that game, I said to myself, you know what? We might have something here. So overall, listen, it wasn't a great year. But like I said, there were those moments like against Tampa where you can definitely see or, or justify why the Jets selected him with the second pick for sure. All right, let's uh, let's 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 dive into the Senior Bowl a little bit, Joe. So, uh, talk to me about what this opportunity kind of means for Robert Sala and his staff. Now we know this year the assistants, some of the lower down in the coaching staff of the Jets, are going to get a bigger opportunity to uh, maybe coordinate and, and and run some of the meetings. Um, what do you think their approach will be to this game? How do you think it'll kind of help them? Well, I, I know that Shanahan um, had like Mike McDaniel and LaFleur calling plays in when he was at the Senior Bowl. So I imagine they might give some guys an opportunity to do so. Maybe Rob Calabrese, the quarterback's coach. I feel like, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but the Jets fans are pretty high on the way, you know, Mike LaFleur started calling games late in the season. We call him Booth LaFleur. We're super high on him. And I could see him actually getting a head coaching job sooner than later. There is some word that Calabrese could be the guy, the next guy in line to take over for him. If that's the case, I think it would be wise for them to give him an opportunity to call some plays and just see how good he is in that role. Um, outside of that, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I hope that they give some other guys some opportunities as well. One of the guys I'm really excited that is at the Super Bowl. Oh, Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. It was looking at that Bengals shirt. I know you're hoping. <laughs> but um, at the Senior Bowl is John Benton. You know, I think the Jets have really kind of in the first two drafts with with uh, Joe Douglas have kind of struggled to develop later round interior offensive linemen. They drafted Cam Clark in that first draft, but he didn't really pan out even in that first season. Despite kind of all the woes in the offensive line, he barely even sniffed the field this year. He got hurt. So I'm hoping John Benton's going to go in there with his experience. You know, he has you know, he is pretty much uh, was tutored by the godfather himself of the wide zone, Alex Gibbs, and he knows a lot about offensive line work. So if he could get in there and really just maybe find a gem later in the draft, that would be really awesome. I'm, I'm excited for that opportunity, maybe more than any other. Well, if you take solace in this, um, you have your quarterback, we think, Zach Wilson. His second year is next year. This is Joe Burrow's second year. Now I'm not saying Zach Wilson's Joe Burrow. I'm not going to say that. But that, that shows you right there, though, the year that the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow, they were the coaches at the Senior Bowl. They drafted, what, what did we go with last week, Shane? Like two or three starters that, that are starting on this year's playoff team, they coached or were was at the Senior Bowl. 
that is the advantage of the Jet staff coaching there because you you can get a up close look at like Logan Wilson, who's been a great linebacker for the Bengals this year. Uh, Hakeem Adeniji been up and down as a guard, but he is he was also here, and they drafted Akeem Davis Gaither was another uh, guy that was here that contributed a lot before he got injured earlier in the year. So take solace in that is something that the Jets coaching staff will have up close and personal. And Robert Sala will also know that because he was on the staff of the Dolphins team that coached that same year that the Bengals were down here. And uh, no, I'm sorry. The, he coached with the 49ers. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. 49ers staff uh that the, the they made the mobile to miami shirts and they were at in the super bowl the next year so just just yeah, i'm not i'm not expecting that kind of <laughs> but it does make me feel slightly better yeah. hey man i'm trying to cast hope here i'm a Bengals fan all my life man for 37 years i've pulled for the cincinnati Bengals, and i i have renewed faith again i'm well, trying to renew faith in jets fans around the world let me tell you something, Brian. I watched that game with my mom, and when I told her that it's been 31 years since the Bengals actually, you know, even won a playoff game, she actually shed a little bit of a tear. So we're right there with you. I like seeing the underdog get there. I like seeing what Joe Burrow did this year. I think uh, a lot of people are kind of comparing Joe Burrow to Zach Wilson. I think maybe it's a little unfair to Zach Wilson. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about going that Bengals route and, you know, selecting playmakers off, over offensive linemen. And I can't say I completely agree with that, although the Jets most certainly need offensive linemen, that's for sure, uh, of playmakers for sure. I think there was a little Freudian slip there because I definitely am more in the line of getting that offensive lineman first and securing that position. But like I said, you need both. I think Joe Burrow is uh, this quarterback who has just some really great pocket management. He weaves in and out of traffic, like almost like potential elite-level pocket management. I don't think Zach Wilson is quite there yet in that regard, and that's why – for me, I think, you know, bolstering this offensive line is maybe a little bit more important than anything. Because when you look at, like, even a lot of those teams who around the league or even when the Jets early on, uh, 10 years ago, the formula that they followed with a young quarterback was top-ranked offensive line, top-ranked rush game, solid defense. Even when you look at Joe Douglas and what he did with the Eagles, same kind of formula, right? Wentz got hurt, but Nick Foles stepped in, won a Super Bowl with the top-ranked offensive line, top-three rush game, and I think they had the fifth-ranked defensive DVOA that year. So, and when it came to the playmakers, what they did is they pretty much addressed it in free agency. They got Alshon Jeffrey. They had Torrey Smith on that roster. They had Nelson Aguilar. And they had a really solid tight end in Zach Ertz. So I feel like when it comes to the draft and even when it comes to the senior bowl, I'm really excited for somebody like Miles Austin taking a look, deep look at these wide receivers because I don't necessarily know that the Jets are going to go wide receiver early. They might. And I would, I would applause it the, the, you know, regardless of what I said. But I feel like the route of maybe addressing it in free agency with somebody like Allen Robinson, Juju Smith-Schuster probably um, would maybe be you know, a better route. And even the Jets, when they were there with Mark, Mark Sanchez, you know, they got some free agents through, uh, not free agents, some uh, wide receivers through a trade with Santonio San Holmes and Braylon Edwards. So I am so excited, though, about the Senior Bowl, especially a couple of wide receivers. There's one guy in particular that I think is pretty exciting. I call him Drake London Jr. Now, I don't know necessarily if he's exactly the same player, but he's more of this kind of big-bodied wide receiver who could go up and get those 50-50 balls, and he's got that yak. You know, you could kind of use him as an extension of that run game, similar to what the, you know, the Packers do with Devontae Adams. Now, I'm not saying he's Devontae Adams either, but his name is Jalen Tobert. He is playing on the other side of the field. Um, I wish the Jets got a, a little bit of a, a better or an up-close look 
you know, with him because he is one of those guys in that second, third round range that I would love to see the Jets target for sure. Well, let me tell you a little bit about the Jets connection with Jalen Talbert is I can tell you having been to three South Alabama games this year and sat next to a local uh, former senior bowl executive, now Jets scout Phil Savage. I can tell you the Jets have seen Jalen Talbert plenty of times this <laughs> <Right>. season, sir. <laughs> that, is, that is good news because the more I watch him, the more I like him. So I, I am, like I said, I'm a little upset. Like, you know, he's on the American team, wish he was on the national team, but they're definitely going to get to interview him and see him for at least an hour, you know, during that process. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I think another guy, another wide receiver, I think a clear Shakir is somebody who's going to probably rise up the draft boards. I think he's a really great route runner. He's got that yak too. A little wonky sometimes with his hand catching, but I think he's definitely one of the more intriguing wide receivers in this in this uh, senior ball as well, for sure. Now, what do you guys think about him? I, I said on a radio spot the other day, I think, and I've tweeted it out as much as well, I think with Jahan Dotson out, I think Khalil Shakir is going to be clearly the guy everybody's going to be talking about after these one-on-ones, Shane. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're probably right from that national team. Those you know those faster guys and the one on ones always seem to do well. So you know my guy's Christian Watson on that Jets team. I, I think he's a third day potential steal uh, who could you know I think could go the route of, of a Cooper Cup kind of rise up and be a number one receiver in the NFL. So I, I think it's I think it's an in- intriguing group. Um, Shakir definitely a good pick there. Uh, probably you're probably right, Brian. He's probably going to be the best um, of the national team. Um, so you've talked about wide receivers. Um, what other position groups do you think the Jets will be hammering in on while they're at practice during these practices? Like what, what, what is the tunnel vision on for the Jets here? Are, are we looking at some of those or offensive linemen maybe that you could look at it with pick 35 or is it more, you know, uh, some other spots maybe in the secondary? You know, I think, you know, I, I don't I don't know how it's going to go. I feel like they are going to address offensive line in the first round, potentially. I, I'm a big proponent of getting Evan Neal. I'm also a big fan of Tyler Linderbaum as well. Um, if for some reason, you know, you, you saw what Joe Douglas kind of did when they went up to draft Andre Dillard, when they already still had a pretty much a very stacked offensive line, kind of like a preemptive strike. Now, Dillard didn't pan out how they expected, but they still went out and got one, even though they had those spots already filled. I feel like if somebody like Bernard Raymond fell to that spot, I feel like the Jets would have to take a really long, hard look at him. I feel like he's a really good fit in, in an outside zone scheme. I think he's got really good hands. I think uh, the way he, st- he strikes his hands and his, uh, his footwork is fairly solid. I think he's got a really good anchor. The way he kind of generates power off those insteps is pretty solid as well. Now, it's not always that great. If you get a little bit of a runway and get into his chest, his pad level isn't exactly – you know, always where it should be, but I think he's an extremely intriguing prospect for sure, for sure in that range. Now, I don't yeah. know if this particular player is going to be going in that range, but there's this one guy that I've been watching, and, you know, when they teach offensive linemen, you know, that you need to finish on every single play, right? And not every guy actually does that, but there's this guy, Marquise Hayes, who's on the Jets roster from Oklahoma, who is a nasty dude. I mean, this guy is powerful. He's smart. He's got that mental processing, picks up stunts and blitzes. And I feel like John Benton is going to be really intrigued by him. Now, I, I feel like he's probably better maybe in a more of a, a bit of a, a gap-heavy team. The one thing that I feel like is an advantage for people who work in a Jets system is that 
John Benton always has these guys pretty much taking a lead step as opposed to, say, a drop step when they're running their outside zone. And one of the reasons why they do that is mainly because they want to you know, stay, obviously make things kind of look the same, right? But it also allows these kind of guys who are maybe not as gifted laterally to kind of still go forward while going laterally. And I think it kind of helps mitigate some of those deficiencies in athleticism. And so overall, I've been kind of thinking about that when trying to think of scheme fits for the Jets and who, you know, who is and who isn't like the best fit for this team. But, and that's why it makes me feel a little bit better about somebody like, uh, like Marquise, because I think that he is the kind of player who would be just a really solid starter in the NFL. And is he going to go in the second round? Yeah, I could see him actually climbing after the senior bowl to that level for sure. So Joe, um, you know, you were talking about the offensive line scheme. Well, one of the things I think you are the best at is knowing knowing that Jets scheme and being able to apply players to it. Now, uh, Brian came out with an article this week about maybe the deepest roster spot at the Senior Bowl, maybe even in the draft, being tight end. And I think that is a big need for the Jets. Um, they have a pretty loaded roster uh, at tight end on, on their team. Trey McBride, who might be the first tight end off the board, maybe in early round two uh, from Colorado State. Charlie Kohler, Iowa State. Cole Turner, Nevada. Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. Jake Ferguson, Wisconsin. Um, can you talk to me maybe about how the Jets use their tight end? And if any of these players, or maybe even someone that you've watched from the American team, is there anyone that maybe would fit maybe second day, maybe third day? Well, Shane, there are a lot of things that Jets fans don't agree with. The one thing that we do agree with is that Dre McBride is the absolute perfect fit for the Jets in every single way. I mean, here's a guy who played mostly in line, but he could, you know, be used as a big slot. He can block, he can catch, he can catch the ball over the middle. He's got that yak. It's kind of funny because Trey McBride is this player that I stumbled upon last season when just looking through, like, you know, trying to find, you know, late round prospects or a tight end, uh, because I knew that the Jets were going to be looking to get a tight end, maybe even this particular draft class. Told my guys in the Slack about it, kind of forgot about him. And all of a sudden, he's got like this meteoric rise. And I kind of feel a little bit better about my evaluation skills just because when I saw him, I really did absolutely like him. And I think he would be just amazing. I'm not saying he's like George Kittle. Obviously, he's not. But I think he could do a lot of the things that George Kittle does for like that offense, similar to what he does, obviously, for the San Francisco 49ers. And Getting him would be just a, a huge get, but not only for the offense in general, because they are missing that kind of versatile tight end, but for Zach Wilson. You know, we all know that a quarterback's best friend or is a versatile tight end. So hopefully he's on the Jets list. Another guy I like, I like Jer Jeremy Ruckert. I feel like he's maybe one of the more under the radar guys just in the general scouting community. The Jets fans absolutely love him because he grew up as a Jets fan. His father actually posted a picture of him on Twitter the other day in full of Jets uniform. And everybody was pretty much in love with him now. He was underutilized in the passing game, but I think he's one of those guys who are going to have just a better NFL career than collegiate. He's a good he's a good blocker for the most part. Sometimes he tends to like pop block a little bit here and there and doesn't latch on like I'd like him to, but I think he has the ability to be another versatile tight end in this class. And again, somebody who just does is a is a better pro than he is than he was in college, especially when it comes to that passing game for sure. I can't remember who they played, but did you see the fake punt? or run that McBride had uh, was towards the end of this season. It was one of the few games of Colorado State's actual. I cannot remember who they played, but it was like a 70-yard run he had where he just outrun and run over everybody. It was crazy. It was one of the best <laughs> plays I've seen from a tight end all year. Yeah, he's an absolute beast. I mean, I, I'm starting to think he might not even be there in the second round. You know, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I, I, if, I wouldn't be shocked at this point uh, if he was the first tight end off the board at this point. Yeah. 
I think. Uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm thinking, you know, um, the kid from Nevada, Cole. Um, Cole Turner. Cole Turner. I've watched a little bit of him. I don't think he's an ideal fit for the Jets, but the more I watch him, I mean, the guy's body control, his hands, I think he's more of a big slot. But I was, and maybe I'm off base here, but, you know, I think the Jets will start to adapt a little bit more duo, just like uh, Matt LaFleur did at Green Bay. I'm wondering if he could be kind of like this pass catching tight end or somebody who they use very similarly to Alan Lazard, you know, somebody who can be that pass catcher, somebody who could be that blocker, like off these play action passes and just, you know, attack uh, a defense in that fashion. So, I think Turner is is one of the more later round developmental prospects that I am really starting to just grow on big time for sure. All right, Joe, the Jets have picks is it four and ten in round one. What is the what is the dream? Pick the dream, four and ten. Absolute dream. Wow. Okay. Well, I'd say Aiden Hutchinson, but he's not going there. But I, I feel like considering that interview just happened with Kayvon Thibodeau and people are, you know, maybe starting to sleep on him a little bit, the absolute dream would be Kayvon Thibodeau at four. I mean, I feel like he's what I call the NFL's version of a three-point shooter. He could beat you outside. He could beat you inside. He could go right through you. I mean, that would be an absolute dream scenario for the Jets. This team needs to win. I guess it's a little bit of a cliche, but it's the truth. You know, when you have a young quarterback like Zach Wilson or just in general, you need to win in the trenches. And that's the way the 49ers are winning. You know, you look at what they did to um, the Cowboys, even with all those weapons with Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. And Cedric Bolton is no slouch either. They dominated that defensive line and they they got the win last week against the 49ers, uh, against actually the Packers, sorry. they uh, Their defensive line pretty much saved them in that game as well. So I feel like a Salah run defense really needs to be stout with their pass rushing that's where everything works when it goes to when it, as far as the defense goes. And adding Kayvon Thibodeau to that defensive line would be just an absolute dream. I mean, for every Jets fan. As far as like pick 10, man, there's a lot of ways to go. I feel like since we went Kayvon Thibodeau, for me personally, I would not hate getting Tyler Lindenbaum there at all. I absolutely love Tyler Lindenbaum. I think he's an absolute perfect fit for this Jets team. You have the opportunity to put him at center. You can move somebody like Connor McGovern over to right guard. And I think that's the beginnings of a fairly stout offensive line. And I feel like Zach Wilson really needs a player like Tyler Lindenbaum. Connor McGovern played decently this year, but he has some processing issues. And I feel like bringing in a center who could kind of help him with protections and just understanding what's going on in the field would go just would just be huge for somebody like Zach Wilson. It kind of reminds me of the relationship that Mark Sanchez had with Nick Mangold. So Kayvon Thibodeau, Tyler Lindenbaum is not a draft uh, that I would be at all sad about. In fact, I would be ecstatic. I know a lot of people are saying you can't take a center that early, but I think Tyler Lindenbaum is just different and just what he could do from an outside zone perspective. You know, I don't think people realize how important a center is or just how important the interior is to an outside zone run scheme. So if you could really secure that interior and thwart that initial rush, I think you're going to go a long way in developing that run game, which is, I think, very important for the Jets, considering the, the caliber of quarterback they have and the formula that they need to use in order to just be a better team and potentially get to the playoffs and win in the playoffs. You know, I don't want to be a 500 team. I want this team to compete and maybe, you know, maybe be that team like the Bengals or the 49ers who were at the senior bowl, Brian, and all of a sudden found themselves in a really good spot in the playoffs. We'll see, you know, it's not impossible considering how much cap space they have and how many draft picks they have. I mean, they have all the ammunition in the world. Now it's all about making the right selections and building the team right. And I think that they have the people in place to do that. So I'm optimistic. 
you know, I think I shouldn't be, but I am. Listen, between you dreaming Linderbaum to 10, Shane mocking him to 10, I'm trying to get Tyler Linderbaum to pick 32 to Cincinnati, man. And y'all are, y'all are just killing the dream here, man. Stop, stop making the play. I start losing, Brian. Then you can have the good players. You know? Not going to happen, Brian. I'm sorry. All right. Um, so let me let me let's let's move to defense. We haven't talked much defense now. The the Jets team lost. Um, maybe two of their better defenders on the Senior Bowl team are not going to be there. Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. Mike Rose, the linebacker from Iowa State. Um, but you know who who on this def- defense? Maybe it's linebacker. Maybe it's an edge rusher. Maybe it's a defensive back. Is there anyone that you see that could be a good fit for? the Jets defense or that you think, Hey, you know, I mean, maybe it's later in the draft that, um, that you're, you, you think, Hey, this is a good shot for them to get up close and kind of personal with this guy. Uh, Cause they could be a, a decent fit. You know, I, I feel like, you know, like I said, the trenches are really important and I feel like just continuing to add players who could play on the defensive line would be a good move. You know, I don't know if the Jets are going to go in this direction, but, they like their strong side linebacker or the strong side edge guys to be a little bit of a bigger body. They have Jonathan Franklin Myers there right now. You know, Salah had Arik Armstead. Logan Hall out of Houston is somebody that I've really been looking at a lot of. And I feel like he could really satisfy that strong side edge role in a Salah type of defense. He's got really great hand usage. He's a good run defender, high motor. And I feel like at the Senior Bowl, when they see him, they're going to be like, yo, this guy uh, – you know, I mean, he could be potentially even be a steal in that second round. I feel like he's going to go that high. Now, are the Jets going to select him? I think it's going to be hard for them not to after seeing him at the senior bowl. But obviously, you know, and we have to, I think the one thing that we need to recognize, even as Jets fans, because we are arguing over, you know, how we're going to build this team, what they need to do. Obviously, free agency is going to change everything. You know, like once free agency happens, we're all going to change our draft plans. So if there is a situation or a scenario where Logan Hall is like a good pick because of what they did in free agency. I, I could really get behind that, especially because JFM, you know, they signed him to that contract extension and he played well, you know, but he's a much better rusher from the interior. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if the contract has been justified in the way he played after he signed it, you know, next year they could release him and save about $11 million in cap space from what I remember. So finding somebody who could potentially replace him in this draft, you know, that could be an interesting thing for sure. There is a, another player that I absolutely love. I actually, I've talked about him on our draft season podcast. And I think the Jets really need two safeties. You know, I feel like they need, you know, more of that, you know, center fielder type. I think that's why a lot of people are really high on Kyle Hamilton. I'm not really in that part, but I do understand, you know, why people do want him. I, I think there is a case that can be made to draft him just to get Robert Sala, that, you know, that guy who's really missing from his, from his defense. And, Let's be real. I mean, when it comes to sideline to sideline, free safety center fielders, I mean, he may be the only true one in the entire NFL. And I don't think that's hyperbolic at all. Like the, those guys really don't exist. I mean, the guys, I mean, who was the really great, really sideline to sideline center fielder? I mean, Ed Reed, you know, Earl Thomas, you know, I don't really know if you guys, you know, have a good example in the NFL today, but I would love for them to address in free agency safety and then grab, like I said, a player, here, that's going to be at the senior ball. I, I wanted to mention this because Brian, we're coming after Jesse Bates, my friend. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> He's, let me tell you, he, we have our, our sights set on that guy. Obviously, I don't think we're going to get him. Marcus Williams probably makes more sense with what's going on in, in New Orleans. But let me tell you, I would I would love him in this defense. I think he'd be a perfect fit. But I can, without a shadow of a doubt, tell you 
that Jesse Bates will not be on the open market. He, <laughs> at the very least, he's getting franchise tagged. At the I, very I least, agree, I agree. There's there's no there's no way he's hitting free agency. Yeah, I agree. But the player I was going to get into as far as safety is Jalen Petrie, and I've talked a little about a bit about him. I feel like he's mostly the slot corner, but I really feel like he can have that kind of Javon Holland ascension. I see a lot of Holland's game within Jalen Petrie. I feel like they played a similar role in college, like from a schematic utilization standpoint. And I think like he's the kind of in-the-box guy who could cover slot receivers. He can cover tight ends, but he could also play that deep safety. I, he, he hasn't done a lot of that in Baylor, but I believe he has a lot of untapped potential. And I think the Jets are going to get to see that at the Senior Bowl. I, I feel like they're going to absolutely fall in love with Jalen Petrie. You How do you guys feel about Jalen Petrie? I'm curious. Well, Shane has a mixed history with Jalen Petrie. <laughs> I put him on my stock down list once, and 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 that's all I hear about from Baylor fans. So, uh, you know, I know I like Jalen Petrie um, decently. I think I think I think round three, round four, he'd be he'd be a real nice nice get. Yeah, that's the exact range that I'm hoping they pick him up, and I think round three, round four is a, a perfect spot for him. And then a player that I think people will be like, why was Jalen Petrie available in round three, round four? And I, at least that's what I'm hoping happens. You know. But uh, even other tight ends that I, I would love for the Jets to pick up who aren't even in the senior bowl. You know, Jaquan Brisker is awesome. Louis, Louis Seen is, is great. I mean, any one of those guys would be a, just a welcome addition to this team for sure. You mentioned a big, a big like a big edge guy like Logan Hall um, as a possibly maybe at one of their your two early second round picks that they have. If you don't, you know, get Kayvon Thibodeau at the top, like like the dream is, the dream scenario there. Um, a guy who will be playing on the American team that I think had completely just looked like – I mean, this guy's built like a brick house and and pass rushes like one. I, you know, I, I love Jermaine Johnson from Florida State as a potential guy there at the top of the second round that would uh, probably fit the scheme there that, that you're talking about. I absolutely love Jermaine Johnson. We actually talked about him on the pod last week. I think he's one of the only guys in here who has like a true like pass rush plan. He's technically sound. I like the way he kind of strings – or sinks his hands and feet together and works some pass rush moves off of that. He had this one like uh, inside cross chop. I forgot about, oh, I forget which team he was playing, one of the smaller schools. And and I was like, you know what, Jermaine Johnson, um, uh, you might be one of my draft favorites because when I first started watching Jermaine, I wasn't all that impressed. But then after that movement, as I continued to watch him, I was like, wow, this guy's, you know, he's technically sound. He's explosive now. He isn't the most bendy guy, right? He doesn't always, he kind of struggles to turn the corner sometimes. Um, but uh, and his pass rush win rate isn't maybe up there with some of the upper echelon guys. But I think his upside is absolutely huge. And he is good at stopping the run. He's got a great nose for the run. And I feel like, yeah, I actually I'm surprised I didn't mention him earlier because I'm right there with you, Brian. I think he's one of the, the better guys in the draft. And one of those like late round draft picks, you know, from second round on who can potentially one day be, you know, leading or close to one of the top 10 guys in total pressures. You know, you see a lot of guys who were drafted from round two on. You know, leading or being, you know, half the guys in the top 10 this year, um, as far as total pressures, were people who were drafted outside of round one. You know, Max Crosby was number one this year. It was always a fourth or fifth round pick. So I think there is room to be able to get somebody like that in this draft. I think Jermaine is definitely one of those players. The one guy I forgot to mention, I feel like the Jets, and this going back to the offensive line, that I absolutely love and think would be another kind of dream case scenario for the Jets if he was there, depending on how they addressed round one, is Zion Johnson. I call him Mount Zion. I think he's technically sound. I feel like his grip strength is ridiculous. I think he tries to finish you on every play. I think he's a really good fit for this scheme as well. 
And I think that once the Jets get a little bit of a closer look at him, I think he's going to be very high on their board. So I saw Zion Johnson and, and, and their center, Alec Lindstrom, and people were basically comparing them to bouncers and just throwing guys out, out of the club every week. And they're, they're fun to watch uh, next to each other. Surprised Alec Lindstrom wasn't uh, invited to the senior bowl, to be honest. You know, I don't know their process, but I thought he was one of the better center prospects in this class as well. Shane, uh, one more. I'll let you take the last question for Joe, and then we'll let him uh, we'll let him go. All right. I look, I, I got I got to ask about it because I got some crap from Jets fans because I, I mocked a running back to the Jets on day two. Uh, and look, I love Michael Carter. I thought it was a great pick, and he had some success. Do you think there's a possibility that they add another running back and maybe try to have more of a committee approach um, going forward? Or is that maybe a position, hey, you know, there's there's so many other needs that that probably will be on the back burner? No, I, I feel like running back is a, is a big need. I like Michael Carter too, but I would love for them to bring in somebody else as well. I think they could do it in free agency. I think Melvin Gordon will probably be available. I think he would be a really absolutely perfect fit for the outside zone. But I wouldn't hate at all if they drafted running back. This this team is is and this offense is predicated on running the ball. I mean, like, I think that's what people really have to try to like understand. Like, this team isn't going anywhere. I mean, anywhere if they are not like a really a top rushing team. I mean, they that's what they need to do. That is part of the formula when you have again like a Zach Wilson type quarterback before he actually ends up you know being one of those upper echelon guys. You need to protect him. I said a quarterback's best friend is a tight end. Well. A quarterback's best friend is also a really dominant run game, you know, and I think that that's something the Jets definitely need to address. Michael Carter, I love him. I thought he was a great pick. He also was having some trouble staying on the field, so they should definitely address it. I think Isaiah Spiller is is a guy who I'm super high on. Every time I watch him and the more I watch him, the more I love him, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Curtis Martin in the sense that, you know, Curtis Martin was this guy who was the master of the four-yard game. He, like, always got you exactly what you needed, and I feel like Isaiah Spiller has a lot of that to his game as well. And I actually, when I, the more I watch him, I see a lot of Melvin Gordon in him too. Like, I don't necessarily think he has that long speed of Melvin Gordon. But I think his ability to change directions, his stop-start ability is really amazing. And I, I feel like he would be a really great selection. I mean, if he somehow made it to the third round, if I'm the Jets, like, that's a player that I'm 100% like running up to the podium and being like, this is my guy. They are coaching Rashad White from Arizona State, who I think is another outside zone like dream. Um, so, I, yeah, Isaiah Spiller, though, I, I think that's actually who I mocked to them. So, uh, I'm with you. I think it would be a great fit. I, I kind of, I kind of hope, I kind of hope they do as much as I like Carter. I hope that uh, I would love to see a really good run game there in New York. So, for sure. Well, Joe, man, we can't thank you enough for taking the time yeah. out tonight and educating me on the New York Jets. And, uh, you know, and some of our listeners out there who maybe not not now. Now we have a better idea of how they're going to approach this upcoming week in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. Uh, tell everybody where, where they can find uh, your work. Um, I do a little writing. at turn on the Jets.com. We actually just started a new uh, website that's uh, kind of draft centric, kind of a Jets centric draft website called uh, DraftSeason.com. Season spelled S-Z-N. And I'm, at the, I'm on the uh, Draft Season podcast as well. So you guys could check that out. We drop every single Friday. And um, I guess that's pretty much it. You know, thank you guys so much for having me on. It was awesome. Shane, you're, you've been awesome the last couple of years. Last time I saw you, it was on our podcast. And I, I plan on having you on as well. So awesome. get ready for the invite. 
And uh, Brian, awesome meeting you. You guys did great work and just, you know, it was a blast. Hopefully, you know, the Jets listen and maybe they take my advice. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> regardless. I'll, I'll try to pass the word along uh, uh, next week and, and just say, hey, this is where you go. <laughs> Joe, thanks a lot, man. Thanks, uh, Joe, man. And we'll, All right, we'll, 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 we'll see you again. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. That was Joe Joe Bellick from Turn On The Jets dot uh, com Shane uh that was that was good stuff there um trying to figure out what the Jets are going to do here at the Senior Bowl next week uh they got a lot of good guys still on that team and uh now now we know some of the edge guys they may be looking at there and some of the offensive linemen that are kind of more scheme specific for them look I, th- I think you got to steal some of those things that Joe said for questions to to Sal and the staff right talk about the outside zone and uh just start start hitting them with those those scheme questions I think will be good make I will make some notes <laughs> let's listen back and they'll, they'll you know you know th- th- that's how you get in you'll get in with that coaching staff there you, there you go I mean sa- sound like I know what I'm talking about <laughs> sound like you, so, you've watched the Jets uh, all the time so it was great so Shane, we had a couple of questions here. Um, uh, one of which uh, was from at like images on Twitter. Speaking of the Jets, saying he thinks their biggest weaknesses in order: edge, guard plus tackle, safety, linebacker, wide receiver, tight end, cornerback. That's a lot of needs. But well, I guess when you're that bad, you've you so. got a lot of a uh, lot of holes to fill, a lot of picks. Uh, what position depth is the best in the draft and talent equal at the time uh, when they pick? What do you think is the ideal order to attack the draft, starting with pick 10? Pick four, in his opinion, has to be Kayvon, unlikely, or Ike McQuanu or Evan Neal, which is more likely. Yeah, yeah, which is more likely. I mean, I, I think if talent's even, it would be nice to get an edge rusher at ten. Um, like Tyler Linderbaum, I'm down for if they, you know, if they want to hit that, great. But I, I think that next tier of edge, assuming they don't get Kevin Thibodeau, I don't think it's going to happen. You know, um, George Karloftis, David Ajabo. Um, I, you know, I think one of those guys would be a really nice fit. So I think if offensive line isn't in the cards, then I think edge rusher because I feel like the top around two playmaker like joe was saying or offensive line probably is going to be um probably better value to me you know we we have consistently mocked um what like five wide receivers in round one but that may not happen so which means one of these big wide receivers could feasibly be there at pick 35 uh for them you know someone like maybe an alave falls out or you know, maybe Garrett Wilson falls out or Drake London because of the injury concerns, you know, so there is a very reasonable chance that they could get one of the uh, top receivers or if Mel Kuyper is to be believed, Traylon Burks could be sitting there at 35. That's not going to happen once he blows the 40 way at the combine. But, uh, you know, I mean, you never know. I mean, what one of those big receivers could be there at, at 35 is, is what I was saying. Yeah, I, look, I, I think 35, this is why I love day two. It's my, this is why it's my favorite day because I think there's going to be receiver, tight end, there's going to be, you know, uh, offensive line. There's going to be some talent there for the Jets. That's that's going to be maybe the linchpin pick to me, even more so than the top two. It it just hit me because uh, I wrote down the draft order for the second round for my mock draft coming out on Monday. Uh, 
First ever, t- first time ever in my life, Shane, I've made a two round mock draft. So, yes. Uh, everybody has that to Ooh. look forward to coming up on Monday. But it just hit me that they have the Panthers and they have the 38th overall pick from the Sam Darnold trade. Good is. God. Does that look really bad now for the Carolina <laughs> Panthers? I mean, yeah, it, right. Some of these, these trades that happened, you look back and you're like, wow, you know, who thought the Seahawks would pick that high? Getting, getting the 10th pick. For a safety that honestly didn't play that well this year, I mean, come on, the Jets really, Jed Douglas really worked those future trades. So, all right, let's uh, let's go to a uh, comment in the chat here. Uh, Eric Wise uh, over under three and a half senior bowl players drafted by the New York Jets. They currently have ten draft picks. Uh, over mm. under three and a half, Shane. Uh, I'll go under. Uh, I'll say I'll. I think three is a good number. Um, you know, late rounds always a possibility, but it's a pretty deep draft. I think. I think maybe they go a little too underclassman heavy early for that to happen. But I'll, I'll go three. I'll, I'll take the under, but I think it'll be close. I'll go over and say four. I, I think four feels like a good number with ten draft picks because they could always trade back, uh, especially with uh, maybe. Maybe the, the the pick ten or whatever that maybe they move back, you know somebody coming up to get some you know maybe one of that that actually to be honest Shane that feels like a good quarterback spot for a team wanting to come up maybe yeah right ahead of Washington and, yeah mm-hmm. and uh, you know may you pick up an extra three an extra four that way you know you get end up in the twelve pick range I, I'm gonna go over four uh, and say four at least four uh, senior bowl draft good question Eric. Uh, and that that wraps uh, wraps into what we're uh, w- before the draft and before the combine, Shane. We will do some draft prop bet episodes uh, for oh, those yeah. for those people. We're going to make some people some money this year, most notably me. Uh, <laughs> Cliff Ritter asks if there's one guy that can leap the top two edges and get picked first. Who is it? Uh, this is simple answer to me. It's a it's an offensive tackle, right? Uh, with Jacksonville going with Jacksonville picking first. I think that's very uh, – could very easily happen. And it's – actually, it's been mocked a lot here lately. It actually got Ike McQuanu's, uh Mel Kuyper mocked him. Uh, was it was it Kuyper that had him? No. no. Uh, Dane Brugler. Dane Brugler. Yeah. yeah, the athletic mocked uh, Aquanu going number one overall to Jacksonville and dropped his draft prop from, like, was it plus 2,000 down to plus 350 or something like that just – just by that. So I think offensive tackle, uh, Evan Neal, uh, I, somebody had Charles Cross. Uh, somebody at CBS had Charles Cross, uh, mm. Mississippi State offensive tackle, mock number one overall uh, going to uh, Jacksonville. So I think that is your spot there. Uh, offensive tackle is the position I think that will get one of the edges to that could get one of those two edges to fall to the Jets at four, uh, Hutchinson or, or – or, uh, you're right you are correct but senior bowl we got a lot of quarterbacks down there that have first round potential i'm just saying jacksonville won't take them but if there is a quarterback that balls out in mobile and maybe is maybe it's a malik willis maybe someone with high upside that and a team wants to move up to one i think jacksonville would take a lesser package to move down um i you know if there's because there isn't that elite player so I'll, I'll 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 take the one percent possibility of probably less than that point zero zero one percent possibility that some team moves up maybe takes um takes someone after after the senior bowl we'll see what happens. God, I cannot. 
right now I cannot see who would spend that kind of capital and how – because, I mean, to me, I'm looking at the top – because I don't think Jacksonville wants to move all the way down into the early, like, 11, 12 range, right? And that seems to be – Number nine, Denver Broncos. If they don't get a free agent, I mean, that's all they need. All they need is a quarterback. Really. Maybe so. Maybe so. Probably not. Look, I, I think I think, I think the odds yeah. are slim. But Cliff comes back man. with uh, Evan Neal uh, plus 200 right now. Yeah. So be worthwhile. So yeah, that's uh Dwayne listening as always. Great show. Appreciate that, Dwayne. Thanks for listening each and every week, like you do. Uh might be able to get some inside information uh from the Lavelle family at the senior bowl. Won't go into too many ooh, details ooh. on how that may happen, <laughs> but uh might have an inside man there at uh one of those te- at the uh at the team headquarters there. Just saying. All right, all right, we'll see. We'll see what the uh, let's see what the mole in the operation can come up with. We'll we'll, we'll see. But uh, Shane, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Um, We've got a lot of lot of. I mean, like I said, it's 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 pretty much almost all Senior Bowl all the time coming up here uh, for the next week or so. Like I said, uh, we're going to have multiple podcasts uh, next week. Um, I'll have a daily wrap up of practice every week, every every day next week. Uh, depending on how some stuff goes out, you might have some some content going up midweek as well. Um, I'll have a two round mock draft coming up Monday. Uh, we're finishing up with our position breakdown for the uh, Senior Bowl. Uh, those run through Saturday. I'll have a little thing coming up Sunday on the HBCU Combine that's going to be in Mobile on Saturday. Uh, I'll be out there for that, so I'll have a little something coming up on Sunday for that as well. And then, like I said, all all next week, it's all the Senior Bowl all the time uh, here at Draft Countdown. But uh, you can follow, to get all the information, follow at Draft Countdown on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Hallam. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify or any podcast network, we would really appreciate if you gave us a five-star rating and wrote us a nice little review so more people can find this podcast and uh, we, we can expand the reach of Draft Countdown. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, like the channel, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you can be notified when we go live, especially next week because we're going we're gonna to be going live at wonky times next week uh doing our uh senior bowl podcast so you'll want to be notified when we go live doing that shane for shane for brian good night everybody